look forward to retirement and avoid the pitfalls. Keep listening for ways to maximize your retirement income. More Than Money with the Popowich Carmelli Advisory Group, CIBC Woodgundy, on News Talk 770. Welcome back here with Dave and Faisal on News Talk 770 and More Than Money. Um, heart health, my friend, is something that's um, very, very important. I mean, health in general, but heart health is, is critical, I think, in terms of a quality of life that everybody we talk to wants in retirement. Yeah, and, and we need to look at how the, the issues and things have changed. One thing that's, that people have always been focused on mm-hmm. is blood pressure. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there are some different views of blood pressure now. And I haven't heard about this in a long time, actually. Yeah, well, I mean, blood pressure is one of those areas that we, you know, we talk about that people get flagged on. There's uh, medications for it, but I think there's some, you know, there's some things that are changing around what is what does blood pressure mean? What is the proper range? And we're going to explore a little bit about that. We've got Dr. Todd Anderson, professor at the Cummings School of Medicine at the University of Calgary, joining us today. Dr. Anderson, first of all, thanks for taking some time with us. Yeah. Good morning, gentlemen. Thanks for having me. So. We know that research, I mean, medical research is ongoing all the time. There's, there's been a bunch of research done recently about previous treatments around heart health that haven't been particularly effective. Um, but, you know, Faisal raised this issue of, of high blood pressure. It's an area that I, I think everybody thinks they're, re, they're, they're at least introduced to, fairly educated about, that yeah. high blood pressure is bad, you know. Maybe you can, we can just start there. Tell us a little bit about this issue of blood pressure and, and you know, what does it mean? What is it? Sure. So I'll give you just a little background. Heart disease remains the leading cause of death in our society for women and second leading cause for men. There's a number of different risk factors that we know that increase the risk of one having a heart attack or stroke. And that includes uh, high cholesterol and diabetes and being overweight and cigarette smoking. But at the top of that list is high blood pressure. And so blood pressure is something that you measure either at home or in your doctor's office. It reflects how the heart squeezes and how stiff the the blood vessels are. And normal values uh, are in the range of 120 over 80. So that's the systolic number is the top number, 80 is the diastolic number, and that's what we consider normal blood pressure. But there, as you mentioned, that there has been some interest in looking at what the optimal values are, Mm -hmm. and new information uh, and guidelines came out from the American Heart Association and the American College of Cardiology that sort of looked at maybe we should be uh, targeting lower values than we have in the past. And so blood pressure is one of those things that we should all have measured. And and we're really good in Alberta. Alberta is one of the best places in the world for people knowing what their blood pressure is and if it's high, being uh, on medications to target it. So why does it change? I mean, that's an area like blood, blood pressure is something I would have assumed that, you know, we've been, we've been tracking and monitoring for a long time. It would seem to me that the body of research around that is, uh, is pretty complete. But all of a sudden we get, you know, we get this notion where we're changing it again. What, what led to that? Yeah, I think the reason for that is that we continue to do clinical trials, and there have been some new clinical trials in the last couple of years that have targeted people to lower levels. And then we have great epidemiology data where we can follow people uh, in large cohorts with blood pressure and other risk factors, and we can look to see what level is a danger for people developing heart attacks and strokes. And that's some of the new information. So the, the current standard, at least in Canada, is that if your blood pressure is more than 140 on the top number or more than 90, and that occurs over a period of several months and several readings, is that that level is just too high. And most physicians would recommend that in addition to great lifestyle things, watching your salt intake, 
exercise, getting rid of cigarette smoking, moderation of alcohol, that you should be on pharmacological medications. But what recent literature has suggested is that that risk begins even lower than 140 over 90. So 120 over 80 is our normal value, but the American guidelines now suggest something called stage one high blood pressure hypertension that now begins at 130 over 80. So that has important implications for the number of individuals in our society that have high blood pressure and for the individuals that are listening in terms of what they think is a safe number. So that's the number that people should now have in mind is that if your blood pressure is consistently over 130 over 80 is that you should be taking steps to try and reduce it. And for most people that's going to be lifestyle issues, but for people at the very highest risk, particularly those with diabetes or those that have multiple risk factors, is that their doctors should be getting them on medications earlier than we would have otherwise thought. So is this to kind of just hit the curve um, sooner or get, you know, cut off the pass early? Because um, as we have these issues, and I'm, I'm using U.S. data here where they have a very large amount of their population more and more into heart disease um, and obesity, is this part of just hit the trend before it starts again for younger individuals? Because what is it, 46% of, of Americans would now be considered um, in this category? Is that, is that what yeah, I understand? No, yeah, yeah, that's absolutely right. And the Canadian guidelines, you know, it's important to notice that the Canadian guidelines haven't changed to this standard yet. This is just new in the U.S. over the last couple of weeks. But certainly that's been the standard in Canada for people with diabetes, 130 over 80. And we'll see what the Canadian regulators do. But it's exactly right. Is that blood pressure, for the most part, for people, they don't have any symptoms of it. They feel absolutely fine, like people mm-hmm. with high cholesterol. But what we're looking to do is to prevent one, two, three decades down the road, people from developing either a heart attack or a stroke. And so we want to get on that a little bit early in a preventative fashion. So again, exercise and lifestyle things are super important. But for a lot of people, it may be that medications are something that we need to take. In the Canadian population, at least 25% have high blood pressure. And with the new definition, um, if that was to be implemented, is that that may be as high as 40% of the population over the age of 50 with high blood pressure. Okay, let me change change the, the topic a bit here in regards to, in, in some cases, there are a few studies out there that certain people are less likely to get CPR. Tell me a bit more about that, because that caught my attention on, on the reports that I read as well. Yeah, there was a very interesting study that, that looked at this, and, you know, so you, you, you let me mention it, don't you? So, yeah, of course the, you. The, can't be me. The, yeah. So the study that was in the paper said that those individuals that were engaged in sexual activity and had a cardiac arrest were less likely to get CPR from their partner than those that were on the streets. And that was a very interesting study. It caught my eye uh, as well. I don't know the reason for that, Dave, why that, uh, why that has occurred. But I think the important message here is that if somebody witnesses a cardiac arrest, whether it's in bed or on the streets or at the uh, football game, uh, is that starting CPR is very important very early because if when the heart mm-hmm. stops, people pass out within eight seconds because the blood doesn't go to the brain. And unless you restart that quickly with the defibrillator, um, is that people will die. And so CPR maintains circulation for the three to five minutes it takes for the paramedics to come or somebody to come with a automatic uh, external defibrillator. And so good CPR is important at all times. And so whether that's with your partner uh, or uh, out on the street is that it's just a really a reminder to do that. So I don't know the mechanism of why that's the case, uh, but it, 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 was a, uh, it was a fairly interesting study for sure. 
We've got uh, maybe just a minute or so left, and um, you know, st- uh, the common uh, one of the common uh, procedures, I guess, that we hear about with respect to heart disease, if we've got clogged arteries, are stents. Um, and I think there's some new new research also that perhaps you can comment on, um, talking about you know stents used in emergencies, how effective they are versus preventative, and so on and so forth. Sort of in a, can, I don't know if you can do it justice, uh, you know, Doctor Anderson, in, in two minutes or so. But can you just speak to? I can try to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah you betcha. So, in Calgary, we do about twenty five hundred stenting procedures per year, where we put little stents into the arteries. About a quarter of the time, we do that for people who are having an emergency heart mm-hmm. attack. We call an ST elevation MI, and that's clearly life saving. Another 50% of the time, we do it in people who have had a heart attack or in the hospital, and we do it in the first day or two, and clearly there it reduces risk. But about one in four or one in five of our stents are put in for people with what we call stable angina. They're walking around. They're not in the hospital. They get chest pain when they exercise. And what we know there is that the stent does not prolong life or prevent heart attacks in those individuals. It'll decrease Mm. the symptoms, um, but really is for quality of life. And and medical therapy is super important there. The study that you alluded to was a very interesting small study in a couple of hundred patients in the UK where they took people with one artery narrowed only who had stable angina or chest pain when they walked and they randomized them to either getting a stent or a sham procedure. So they faked putting a stent in uh, in the catheterization lab and the patient didn't know whether they had a stent in or not. First time it's ever been done. And over a very short follow-up over six months, there was no benefit on symptoms even in these very stable patients. So it does uh, in other jurisdictions like the U.S. raise the alarm bells that maybe we shouldn't be doing as many stents. I think in Canada, it probably won't change care because we are very judicious in, t- in terms of who we put these stents into. Um, but what it speaks to, again, is that great medical therapy is important, but the message should be that stents are super important for people that are sicker and who have had heart attacks. We'll leave it at that, Dr. Anderson. Thanks for your time today. David Faisal, thanks very much. Appreciate it. We've been joined by Dr. Todd Anderson. He's a professor at the Cummings School of Medicine at the University of Calgary. And heart health is something I think we've all got to be cognizant of and lifestyle choices, proper lifestyle choices to minimize the impact you know, of health in general, not just heart health, but health impacts in general. Massive uh, uh, indicator of quality of life in retirement. Yeah, and you know, people are, are concerned about how much money they'll have to pay out of their pocket for medical procedures, for long-term care, for health care in the future. And that's one of the biggest concerns as you transition to retirement. So we're going to talk about how do you protect those costs down the road? How do you protect your lifestyle and the quality of care in your retirement on Tuesday, January 23rd, 7 p.m. at the Crowfoot Co-op Wine and Spirits? Now you need to reserve your seats, so give us a call at 966-8400. That's 966-8400, or go to our website at morethemoneyradio.com. Stick around after the break. We're going to talk about some important decisions to make regarding your retirement. This on Newstalk 770 and More Than Money. David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli are portfolio managers and investment advisors with CIBC Woodgundy in Calgary. The views of David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli do not necessarily reflect those of CIBC World Markets, Inc. Clients are advised to seek advice regarding their particular circumstances from their personal tax and legal advisors. If you are currently a CIBC Woodgundy client, please contact your investment advisor. CIBC Woodgundy is a division of CIBC World Markets, Inc., a subsidiary of CIBC and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada.